We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information... Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Fantastic. It's great to see you this morning in church. And for those who don't know, my name's Dave, one of the leaders here. And it's just really good privilege to bring the, the, the Word of God today. Um, just before I do that, I've, just got, um, I've got some sad news just to, to announce today. So many of us will, will know Frances Blount, and she went to be with the Lord on Wednesday. So, um, so the, uh, we'll let you know the details of when the funeral service will be. Um, it's looking to be possibly early September. Um, but let's pray for, for Osmond and Beverly Godfrey. And um, I'm just going to pray right now. Lord, we just pray. Lord, we thank you for that champion. We thank you for Francis. Thank you for her life. Thank you that all that her life meant and, and means and, and carried, all that she's done for you over the many years. We just pray right now, this difficult time, joy for her, but sadness for, for the family. We just pray that you'll be with Osmond and Beverly and the wider family at this time and friends. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are concluding our series, our six-part series, which we've done over more than six weeks, called Rooted, exploring uh, Colossians. And um, this, the, I guess the, the strap line for this has been grow deep, live tall. And um, really that has come from these verses from Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7, which says, As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And the, the book of Colossians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a, book, to a church in Colossae, um, but also to be circulated to the churches in Herapolis and also in Laodicea at the time. And uh, if you like, he's saying, you know, those that have found a faith in Jesus Christ, you know, now you've got this faith, you've got this trust, you've got this, this foundation block in your life. Now... Root your life so much in Jesus that everything you do is found in him. That you live every day, make every day count, living for Jesus and rooted in your relationship with Jesus Christ. We have relationships with each other, with our friends and families, but it's possible, Paul was saying, to have a relationship, a true relationship with Jesus Christ, who not only loves you, but died for you so that you can have everlasting life with him. And that was his, his desire. And so we've looked at the, the whole um, chapter the four chapters of, of, of Colossians, and it's my privilege to, to conclude today by looking at the last part, chapter 6, uh, which is, sorry, part 6, chapter 4, which is looking at Paul's partnerships. Um, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with, with me to Colossians chapter 4. And I don't know about you, but um, those of you that have ever had children or have children, and this is a, 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 an encouragement to to Nellie and Costa, as young Samuel grows up, a newborn baby grows up, okay, they, at some point he will find his legs and he will start walking. And at that point, he'll be all over the place and obviously we'll have more and more toys, as children do. And yesterday uh, we had uh, some of the wider family around for some tea and uh, we were in the kitchen, uh, you know, just talking and finishing up after dinner and the kids were in the, in the lounge area running riot and making a mess. That we had this play tent, they were in it, and there was 
everything was going everywhere, poles were coming out, toys were going all over the lounge. And I have this thing um, whenever our lounge becomes a mess. We try and get the kids together at the end and say, look, come on, let's work together as a team and let's tidy up. And it's like, no, and sometimes we, if we ask, no, I don't want to do it, and we get all that, but we get eventually, like, let's work together as a team, let's do it, if we work together as a team, we can do this a lot quicker. So literally, probably within a few minutes, the, the kids have really worked hard to tidy the lounge. And I have this, 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 this caption, this strap line that I say a lot, it's well known, um, teamwork makes the, teamwork makes the, this side, teamwork makes the, this side, teamwork makes the, and I say it to the kids all the time, teamwork makes the dream work. So they know it off by heart. And it's true because another expression, more, many hands make light work, same thing. And we're going to see this morning that teamwork makes God's dream work. God's dream is that every person on planet Earth has an opportunity to have a relationship with him. And his way of doing that is through you and me, the local church. We've said before, we don't go the, to church, we are the church. So we come to church services, and our gatherings, we learn about Jesus, but also we are the church. We are God's hands and feet. We are alive to make a difference and to bring hope to our world. Amen? And so God's dream is that he would use you and I. We have the amazing privilege of being able to be his hands and feet to, to accomplish God's heart, God's dream for planet Earth. But if I could give you a few keys today that could help unlock a little bit about how we can be better at that. Not just in terms of in a church setting, but in your work setting, in your family setting, in your streets, when you'll know more. But how understanding God's principles for teamwork, that could produce more and more effect, be more effective for you. Um, and that's what I want to do this morning, is show a few keys into that. So let's read um, from Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 to 18. So this is the final part of Paul's letter to the um, Colossians, the, the, the church in Colossae. And there's some funny names because we're talking about different people from different cultures. We're talking about some Jews. We're talking about some, um, some Greeks. Final greetings. Tychicus. I love that name. Tychicus. <laughs> Tychicus, a beloved brother faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. Isn't that wonderful? There's that language about a person. Wouldn't you love that language to be written about you? Forget Tychicus. Put your name in there. Bev, Vivian, Peter, a beloved brother or sister, faithful minister. Minister means servant and fellow servant in the Lord. Wow. And verse 9, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Paul's heart, he's writing from a, a house arrest in Rome. He's, he's in imprisonment. He hasn't got the freedom. And he's writing from there, and he wants to tell this, this young church in Colossae all about the circumstances in Rome. Why? To encourage them, to tell them that great things are happening. Isn't that great? Who's ever been encouraged? 
Who likes encouragement? Let's continue. Aristarchus, I love that name too. My fellow prisoner greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Let's just pause it there. Mark, Paul had done ministry with Mark before. And for some reason, at some point, Mark deserted Paul. And Paul is not a robot. He's got feelings. And if ever you've ever been deserted, deserted by anyone, you'd be hurt. And Paul was hurt. And at another time, another missionary opportunity, another trip opportunity to go and tell people about Jesus, Barnabas was saying, let's come and let's bring Mark. But, but Paul did not want to bring Mark. Why? Because he'd been hurt. He'd let him down. I only want people that I can trust, may have been Paul's thinking. And so he has had this contention with Barnabas. Barnabas wasn't Barnabas' real name. Barnabas means son of encouragement. Barnabas was a person that must have been so full of that, so on with encouraging people that they nicknamed him Barnabas, son of encouragement. Could that be said of you this morning? Are you so, such a person that loves to encourage people that your nickname could be called Barnabas, son of encouragement? And here we have... A few years later, after deserting Paul, Paul saying, I've given you instructions, welcome Mark. Welcome Mark. Mark, John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark, welcome him. Paul's heart had now changed towards Mark. Verse 11, and Jesus, who is called Justice. So he's saying that there's, um, you know, welcome them. These are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. And, and Paul is saying, these are fellow Jewish believers. They're, they're Jewish by their birth, growing up to be Jews, but they're now followers of Jesus Christ. Verse 12, another lovely name. Epaphras, who is one of you. He's, like, he's saying like he's from Colossae. He's one of you. A bondservant of Christ. He's saying a slave of Christ. He greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. Wow, what, a, what an encouragement. What words about a man. Let's not... Put these people on pedestals. They're people like you and me. But people have written, and Paul is writing amazing things about these people. And all what I'm saying today is, these are part of Paul's team. But could people in the future write amazing things about you and your life? We've already mentioned that Sister Frances has been gone to be the Lord. But her legacy is amazing, is absolutely amazing. But don't let the legacy be when someone passes away to be with the Lord. Let it live today while we have breath in our lungs. Let's live to please Jesus today. Let's live to be a blessing to other people today. Let's be a paphrasis. 
who, it says there, always laboring fervently in your prayers. It, we lose the translation, but it means like hand-to-hand combat. He's like, in his prayer life, he's like hand-to-hand combat for the people in Colossae. Wanting them, rooting for them, just to follow Jesus. Let nothing get in the way, block it out of their way of just following Jesus. Wow. I'm going on to verse 14, another person, Luke, Dr. Luke. Luke who wrote Acts and who wrote um, the Gospel of Luke. The beloved physician. And Demas greets you. Two people are greeting them. Now we know a bit about Luke, but we don't know so much about Demas. But what we do know about Demas is Demas was another person that deserted Paul. Demas let Paul down. He abandoned way, the, the things of God. He abandoned his faith in Jesus. He let Paul da- down. And Paul doesn't say much about Demas. Paul says a lot about the other people. But he's not saying much about Demas. Maybe he's feeling that he's going to let him down. We don't know. But he says about Demas, he greets you, greets the church. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church that is in his house. And closing exhortations. Now when this epistle or letter is read among you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. I believe that's what God would say to us as a church today, but also some, to specific people that God wants you to take heed to the ministry that God has already given you, that you would walk in it, work it out, and fulfill it. It's possible to receive a ministry, but to not to fill it, fulfill it. It's a journey. God calls But he also equips us. But we've got to walk in the ministries that God gives us. This salutation by my own hand. Now Paul so wants this letter to be personal. He's not asking his scribe to write it. He's signing off with his own hand. Paul, remember my chains. Grace be with you. He's not saying remember my chains and and mourn for me. Not knowing whether his his next day is going to be his last. He's saying, remember my chains and be encouraged by my chains. Don't you get encouraged when you hear of how churches across the world get persecuted and they rise up. They rise up and the, gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, the good news, gets spread because they don't hold back. They determine to go forward. And Paul is saying the same. Remember my chains. Be spurred on to greater things. Grace be with you. Unmerited, unlimited favour of God be upon your life as I sign off this letter. This letter written a few thousand years ago, less than 2,000 years ago, but now comes to us as part of the canon of Scripture, part of the, the Word of God to encourage our hearts today. So what can we learn from this scripture today. Well, I just want to 
look at a few of these names first of all. And uh, these are like Paul's team. Paul and Paul, you know, it would have met many people. And Paul doing his work, he's, he planted and established a, a few churches. A very gifted person, planted and established a few churches, went on a few different missionary trips and wrote a few letters, not knowing that today they'll be in your and my Bible. God inspired him to write these letters to equip people then and equip us now. And his legacy goes on, but he couldn't do it alone. He could not do it alone. As gifted as the great Apostle Paul was, he could not do it alone. He needed people, men and women around him to further the work and also to encourage his heart. Everyone needs encouragement. So let's look at some of his names. Tychicus, a Gentile from Asia Minor at the time, travelled with Paul, and he was sent at different times to, re to relieve Titus from his pastoral role and also Timothy. Onem Nemesis, One Onesimus, sorry, Onesimus, um, sent with Tychicus to encourage the church at Colossae. Aristarchus was a fellow prisoner and a Jew. Mark, we, um, we know about Mark, he deserted Paul at different times, but now Paul's welcomed him back, he's forgiven him, he's moved on. We've heard about this man called Jesus, not Jesus Christ, but Jesus, also known as Justice. Epaphras, we've heard about Epaphras, who's one of you. Um, Archippus, we've heard about Demas and Archippus. Now, Archippus, let's get this right. Archippus was also a slave. So Archippus was a slave. Um, in the times, we, we sometimes lose track of that meaning. We get the meaning of like maybe servant, but it was a slave. He was owned. He was owned by his masters. And he was going back to, to Colossae, okay? But he had found faith. He'd run away, a runaway slave, but now he'd found faith in Jesus Christ. So there's a few names that we've, we've got from that passage. So what can we learn in closing today? Just four things. Teamwork makes God's dream work. And it's all about God. It's all about Jesus. So four things we can learn today. To make God's dream work, teamwork means difference. And isn't it great and amazing? Have a look around us today. Come on, have a look around the room. From the front to the back. Different ages. Different backgrounds, cultures. And it hasn't changed. In this time, you've got a doctor, physician, Luke, and you've got a runaway slave. They would never have met or maybe necessarily been connected had it been for a common ground, a faith in Jesus Christ. Many of us in this room today would never have met had it not been for maybe Jesus challenging your life. You come into faith in Jesus Christ or, or just getting to know people in, around the life of the church. But I love the fact that we are all different. I love the fact that we haven't all got... We're not all white with ginger hair. 
because that would be boring. But you're you, I'm me, and our collective difference goes up to make just a wonderful thing. In heaven, there will be no difference. But while on planet Earth, the difference makes a mosaic of absolute beauty. Your experiences, your backgrounds, the things that you've gone through, the good things and the bad things, the painful things, are, are there, you can't wipe them out, but they're there to be a blessing to other people as we share and do life together. Our difference is so important. But can I encourage you and challenge us all today? Don't stay with similar people. I love um, going, the, 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 my privilege of just being able to take various funerals since I've been um, here like these last five years. It's been amazing. And I love um, just the myriad of just different people and cultures coming together. And it's lovely. I, I love it, the fact when there's sometimes there's um, the, 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 when they do the, um, the backfill and the graves and they sing around the graveside. And it's so uplifting. It's really, really wonderful. I love it. I'd never experienced it before. And I love it. And it's, it's great. It's a different thing to what I'm used to. Or, the, or maybe my family's been used to. But it's brilliant. But it's easy to stay in our cultures. It's easy to not move outside of our cultural background. Or it's easy to mix with people maybe in the same sort of work environments as us. Or age groups as us. But my encouragement to us today is mix with people who are different to you. My encouragement to you today is invite people around to your house for dinner who are different to you. Let's mix it up. When after church service, have a coffee, but go and connect with someone that is different to you. Yeah? Because that is the beauty of this thing called the church. You and I are the church. We are the people. And by mixing it up, it means you, your life will be enriched for it. But if we stick together, if we stay in the same comfort zones of people that we know and, and our own racial and cultural backgrounds. Now, I know this doesn't really happen a lot in this church, but my encouragement to you is let's, let's, let's do more church life around people's homes. Let's get this thing going where we're inviting people over the dinner table because life is done over a meal. Who loves to eat? We all love to eat. But who loves to eat? I'm not just talking eating. Yeah, Pete does. I'm not just eating something for the sake of it, but loves to eat. And I love trying all sorts of foods. I really do. I love exploring foods. But something has happened when you're across the table, across the meal table, and you're just chatting about life. You're chatting about your story of how you came to know Jesus Christ or your journey in life so far, what you do. And you get to know people, and it's precious. But let's open up our homes Let's, let's do life together and let's break out and let's, let's celebrate our differences. I love it. Second thing, to make the dream work, number two, means we have a duty. We have a duty. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, okay, you have a duty. That duty is to serve Jesus Christ. We sometimes say God can do anything. Actually, that is a lie. God cannot do anything because God will never bypass our free will. God gives us a free will. Free will in life, free will to live for him 
and free will to come to salvation in him, free will to accept him and have a relationship with him. And that's the most precious gift he could ever give us because he, sent his, he died for us, Jesus died for us, so that we can have that relationship with him. The penalty of our sins, the things we do wrong, has been paid. So we can know and be a son or daughter of the living God. But we have a duty to serve him. Duty, we aren't just servants, we become like owned by God. That sounds a bit weird because we live in a culture where slavery is a bad thing. But living to please God is never a bad thing. Why? Because he loves us so much. If you, if you knew that someone loved you so much, you would live to please them. Because if they loved you, they got your back at all times. Not a conditional love. Not, I'm only going to love you if you do this. Love is a reflection of the person who is loving. And God loves you and me so much. And it's not, we cannot earn his love. We cannot ever earn that. But because of his nature, because God is love, and Jesus died for you and me, it's a reflection. He loves you unconditionally. But our duty is to live to please him, is to serve him. Live, live to please him and to serve him. And using the language of the passage, not as servants, but as slaves, owned by the one that loves us so much. God loves you. Number three. Teamwork means disappointments. There will be disappointments because none of us are perfect. As is often said, you know, if you find the perfect church, don't join it. There will be letdowns. Mark, this bitterly disappointed Paul. But Paul found the grace to forgive him. Demas, it, Paul is maybe beginning to feel he's about to let, let him down. People let people down. It's the way of the world. But let's be people with big hearts. Yes, we might get hurt. It's life. But let's be people that are quick to forgive. I never want to undermine anything anyone has ever, ever gone through. But one of the beautiful things about living for Jesus is he forgave us and forgives us. And we let him down all the time, don't we? Or is that just me? We let him down all the time. But he still forgives. And you will let other people down. But so will other people let you down. But let's forgive. Let's move on. Let's move on. And be quick to forgive. And finally... To make God's dream work, teamwork means declaring encouragement. I love the end of, of Paul's letter there. Grace. Grace abound. Grace. He's declaring over the church of the Colossians, let God's unlimited, unmerited favor be upon you. And he was declaring this is wider team. This person, he's faithful. He's good. He's, they're going to encourage you. But Paul himself needed encouragement. He said in his letter, they've encouraged me in my situation. Sometimes we think people in the Bible, they are you know, the elite. They are robots without feelings. But in his prison, how do you think he's going to... He has to encourage himself to be encouraged by the people 
to know how other people are getting on. He's never visited the Colossae Church before, but he wants to find out their well-being, how are they getting on. It's been planted through a mentee of his. But encouragement has to be declared. It has to be declared. It has to be spoken out or written down. You've got to tell someone something good about them. You've got to tell someone why they matter. We shared this illustration before, but geese, geese, when they're migrating, they fly in that V-shape formation. And the, 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 the goose, yeah, the goose at the, at the front of the V is, is, uh, is, is flying hard, okay, and then eventually gets tired, and he'll, he'll then fly around to the back, and they take it in turns. But all the time, what's a, what are geese doing as they're flying? Honking. They are honking. They are giving it some quality honking. Come on, right now. Give us your best honk. Come on. What are the goose? Come on. Honk. Honk, 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 honk. But why are geese doing it? Why are they doing it? As they're migrating. Why are geese giving it a good old quality honk? Why? They are encouraging each other. They are encouraging each other. They're from the back, front to the back, they're honking all the way. The one at the front's getting really tired. And then suddenly they switch it around. Someone else goes there and someone goes to the back and they're honking. And then if, if someone then is about, if one of the birds is about to die, two of them will fly with the bird to the ground, be with it until it dies, then go back and, and, and rejoin the formation, honking all the way. If geese can do it, guess what? You and I can do it. We can honk. Because we need honking. We need encouraging. Your life needs encouragement. It does. I need encouragement. I need encouragement. You need to encourage me sometimes. Yeah? Don't think, if you're real leaders, that we're exempt from stuff. You need to encourage us. I need to encourage you. We need to encourage each other. You know. Even if it's as simple as, I mean, someone said the other day, I felt a bit embarrassed. I've, I've, they like my new glasses. You know, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I felt a bit funny wearing these the first time because they're quite blue and in your face. But um, yeah, but I really appreciated that. Thank you. But let's encourage each other. Let's encourage each other in whatever. Like, encourage each other in our faith. We all go through difficult times, don't we? And sometimes, and let's be honest, sometimes we get this this thing that we cannot tell another Christian how we're really feeling. We can't really be open and honest because they might think, well, you know, I'm not a very good Christian. Well, the reality is none of us are good Christians. We're all just trying to live our lives, finding out more about Jesus and living to please him. So let's encourage each other. When you're going through a rough time, tell someone. Tell someone that you know is going to care for you. Don't keep it to yourself. And let's be people that encourage and then pray for them. Because at the end of the day, we can't change anything, but God can. God can change. Let's be great encouragers. Let's in written word and also in over... You know, don't, don't say, um, I'll pray for you when you get home. Pray for them there and then. Because the prayer will encourage them and lift your faith level. And when their situation changes, because you pray in faith, then you can celebrate together. We need to be quality Honkers. We need to stand together, shoulder to shoulder. Let's not separate. When we go through difficulties, let's not separate. Let's not distance ourselves. But stand. 
Be open, be honest. I, I'm going through a difficult time right now. Okay, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to stand with you. Just to be honest with you guys, I'm going through, personally going through a, a difficult time right now. I'm not going to go into details, but it's with, regarding uh, uh, the marriage of people close to me. And it's very rocky. And it's difficult. God's on the throne. God's on the throne. But we encourage each other. We encourage each other. And we, we stand together. And we've got to open our beaks. Do you have beaks? I don't know. Beaks, yeah? And honk. We've got to honk. Let's declare it over each other. To make God's dream work. Teamwork means difference. I love that. It means duty. We decide to live to please Jesus. It means disappointments, but we get over that. We click quick to forgive. And it means declaring encouragement. Paul had an amazing team. They may not have thought a bit about it. They never, never knew that what they did then was going to have the impact globally it has today. All because they stood shoulder to shoulder and they determined to encourage each other and to work with each other. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.